Hello guys and welcome to the VR Inside podcast. So this is episode number six and so Hello. if you don't know this is a weekly uh, VR talk show that is live streamed every Saturday on Nathie's YouTube channel. So you can tune into the show live at 4pm in Europe, 3pm in the UK, 10am Central US and right now for me and Anthony we're 7am Pacific time in, uh, I'm in California, so it's a bit crazy, we're all running from different time zones, but we're making it work. So if you miss the podcast uh, for whatever reason, then you can catch up with it every Sunday where I upload the whole show to my own uh, YouTube channel, uh, Virtual Reality Oasis. And I'm also really, really excited to announce this week that the podcast will be available on Google Play Music, and also by the end of next week, it should be available on iTunes. So that is super, super exciting. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, the first four episodes have been uploaded, so you can catch up if you've missed the live streams, and uh, you can listen to them on your way to work or when you go about your day-to-day -day business. So if you've got any questions for us during the show, please put them in the comments, and we'll try and sort of pop in every now and again. And if there's a decent comment, then we'll try and put it into the show. So uh, I just want to uh, quickly introduce you to everyone. So we have Nathy, who is very, very kindly having this show on his channel. So uh, he is an awesome, awesome dude. But for some reason, the mailman seems to hate this guy because he cannot get a package without being destroyed, uh, <laughs> delivered to his house. So thank you, Nathy. No problem. Uh, we have got Austin, the Brometheus. Uh, apparently, his new catchphrase is uh, choice, and he, it goes like this, choice. <laughs> according to his uh, a little, a little <laughs> something like that ideally is what you want according to out, his new youtube banner <laughs> we have got the uh king of the rebels the rowdy guy hey man i i feel like you missed a trick there dude you should have called them the rebel alliance or something like that <laughs> the rebel alliance <laughs> okay uh so we've also got Anthony, so he's our very first guest on the show uh, and first developer. So Anthony is from Cloudhead Games, so very warm welcome to you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, happy to be here. So unfortunately, Frank can't be with us today, uh, so he missed last week's show because he had overdosed in VR, uh, and he seems like he hasn't quite recovered from that, so he's... He's still stuck in the metaverse. We're trying to dig him out and uh, make break him free, but it's just uh, not working right now. So if you're out there, Frank, and you're listening, you know, please, bro, you know, come come talk to us. And uh, last uh, but no, but no means least, myself, uh, the host of the show, Mike uh, from Virtual Reality Oasis. Apparently, according to everyone uh, that talks about the show, I'm just the bold guy. So uh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's true. So, that's we save off our Congratulations. Yeah. Well, that's nice. Yeah. So, guys, um, we've got some really cool topics to talk about today. We've got all the announcements from Oculus Connect, which is uh, where I am at now. I'm in San Jose, where the Oculus Connect conference was. Uh, I was super privileged to go to the show. It was such a cool experience. So, we've got like uh, the Oculus Go was announced. Uh, the new Santa Cruz prototype update was shown uh, a little bit. Uh, we've got some new software announcements from Oculus. Uh, we've got the PSVR anniversary, and obviously we're going to talk about Anthony's game, uh, which is uh, the Gallery Episode Two: Heart of the Emberstone. So we've got a really, really uh, cool show coming up for you guys today. So I hope you guys enjoy it. So I just want to go around to say, hey to everyone, how are you all doing today? Are you having an awesome day? 
Oh hell Definitely. yeah. Hell early, yeah, but dude. yes. So yeah, me and me and Anthony know it is early because uh, yeah, I had to be up at six a.m. for the show. Obviously, being as a Pacific time, gonna be the death it starts at seven a.m. for us. So uh, it's a bit crazy, but you know we're we're just rolling with it and seeing how it goes. Everything for the podcast, huh? Oh yeah, exactly right. Sacrifice yeah. has got to be made, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so we're going to kick off the show with obviously Oculus Connect. So Oculus Connect, if you guys are not aware, is a yearly event that Oculus hosts in San Jose. Uh, this is the fourth one that they've done now, and generally speaking at these uh, events, they announce um, new hardware or new software or new partnerships with developers and all sorts of really exciting, interesting stuff. So uh, I actually went to the keynote, which was on uh, the 11th, uh, which is uh, Wednesday, uh, where Mark Zuckerberg kicked off the, uh, the keynote and uh, had some really sort of like uh, bold goals for the future of VR, but uh, also some, some interesting hardware and software announcements as well. So uh, those bold goals were let's get one billion people into VR. So that's 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 a pretty big goal, right? If you're going to have like yeah. a you know squad goals, like right? You know this is uh this is what we're going to do. <laughs> was that that's a, that's a pretty big claim, and uh, it's going to be interesting how they uh, they live up to this. Um, but what do you guys think of that? You know, getting a million a, a billion people into VR. Do you think uh, this is going to be something that's going to be possible, or I'm not sure? Uh, yeah, I guess so. And uh, not, it's not gonna happen Eventually. in like six months. But mm. uh, yeah, I, I guess. So. I mean, Facebook can advertise this on their platform as well. You yeah. know, so it, it can they can make it grow real fast. So I think it's possible. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's also a difference, of course. Like, I mean, like, because Facebook wants to go for the more like social experience. Yeah. So from that point of view, I think it's more logical to get like so many more people in there. But if you're talking about like you know the real high quality high high end headsets, I think it's gonna be a, gonna be a hard job to do. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. And this is what is so interesting about like uh, the Oculus Go announcement, right? Because you know it's kind of uh, it's a standalone headset, and it sits kind of alongside the Gear VR in like the kind of mobile market. So it's it's still based on an Android platform, but it won't require a phone. So you don't need to like get have a Samsung or an Android phone now to like slot into your Gear VR and then waste your phone's battery like enjoying some VR experiences. This is going to be completely standalone with its own display, its own processor, uh, and also built-in audio. So this is the kind of thing I think is really going to be important for VR because I think the problem with VR right now is that we're kind of like at the enthusiast level and we're all early adopters to this brand new and exciting market, right? But we kind of have to suffer the pain of like um, being the guinea pigs uh, for this awesome experiment in that we have to kind of go, go through setup procedures and there's a lot of like um, uh, setup with sensors and lighthouses and all this kind of stuff to make sure you've got like, nice tracking. But something like this, it's just a case of you turn the device on, you pop it on your head, you're in the experience. And uh, I think that's uh, that's what we really need right now. Yeah, Oculus has the best chance, I would imagine, of all of these like standalone wireless headsets that are trying to come out. Uh, I would imagine Oculus. People already know the name Oculus. You know, and Palmer Lucky made such a like name for himself in the VR world. I feel like of all the these random companies coming out trying to make new headsets, at least this one makes sense because you've got this established brand trying to make 
a, a way more accessible platform. I don't know what this is going to cost, but I imagine if it costs a significant amount less than like an Oculus Rift, this could make a big splash. I mean, billion sounds kind of ridiculous, but I definitely could see them making a huge number in terms of more people reached or more people willing to reach out to it. Right. I, think it's, I think it's good to look at that billions number in context too. Zuckerberg obviously has a history with that one billion number being Facebook's number in 2012, yeah. right? And just recently this year they reached two billion. So what he's saying with one billion users is he wants it to be essential tech. He wants everyone to have it, right? There's two billion people on Facebook. There's two billion people that own smartphones. If we get one billion with VR, that means it's everywhere. It's 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 in, right? Yeah. Uh, it yeah. took Facebook five years, I think, to get to that point. So maybe he wants it to take five years for VR to get to that point. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be, be possible, but it'd be a nice little rate, wouldn't it? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So it's interesting because this um, uh, Oculus Go uh, headset, it features uh, orientation tracking uh, and it will ship with a uh, three degrees of freedom controller. So it's not kind of like what we used to with the, the Oculus Touch, but it, it's, it's a good start, right? And especially like if you're just trying to get people into VR and that are very new to it, this is a nice way of um, going to be able to play some nice games, run some experiences, uh, you know, experience movies in VR as well, like through Netflix platform. Yeah. Um, it's interesting though in the design of the controller for this particular Oculus Go headset, which is obviously the the the, the lowest in terms of like um, the barrier to entry in, in the announcements that they made. That it doesn't really have a grip button; it just has a trigger button, uh, a trackpad a home and a back button that's it and it's just one controller you don't get two so in a way um i think uh, you know developers are going to have to be very creative in how they implement games uh, you know with this sort of platform uh, because but, but again do you do you think it's like when when you says for example that one billion number do you think that is directed at the gaming market no, 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 and this is this is my point because like that's the thing, right? yeah. Because like I think with this, the Oculus Go, I think it's going to be like uh, Anthony said, very focused on social. So yeah. I think uh, Facebook Spaces is likely to be integrated into it. And if you think about like how FaceTime is such a, a great way to communicate with with people, like especially if you have friends and family that live overseas, well, this is where I think that Oculus Go will come into yeah. its own because I think it's, you're going to be able exactly. to put the headset on. Yeah. Um, have that meetup uh, and and connection with someone, but also have that that feeling of presence that they're in the room with you because um, that's what they're trying to build, right? This kind of like level of immersion where you can talk to someone and it feels like they're there with you. And uh, I think this is where it's going to come. That's to exactly the thing because I, I I see it as a very different device as the Oculus because the Oculus, of course, it's not like built in and all of that, but you can run much more heavier things on there just because it's it's running on your desktop it's not running on your on your on your headset itself so i think indeed that the device that they're bringing out now the oculus go is much more directed at like a completely different audience of of which of which are probably gamers as well but it's like it's different it's it's going to be a different device not directed at i mean i'm a gamer of course I, that's that's why i say this but i think from a gamer's perspective a device like this is not something that you would you would get for games. You would still get an Oculus and a PC. You're right because, but then again, you're right again in that they haven't designed it for us. Like we're like mm. super, super enthusiasts, right? We we want the best possible VR experience, yeah. and we don't mind having a, a, a crazy expensive PC or yeah. having like a setup procedure. Whereas this is like the barrier to entry for everyone else uh, that maybe hasn't even heard of VR or doesn't yeah. even really know it exists. 
Yeah. Uh, it's more like an introduction to VR, and it's also for people that um, are like, yeah, if, if it's something social, then it doesn't need that much power, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah. Even looking back at that keynote the other day, um, 90% of that, what they were talking about was not games, right? They talked about social, they talked about hardware, they talked mm -hmm. about developers, uh, all of that thing. Facebook, in its very nature, wants to connect the world. And that's a very broad challenge for a VR headset, which right now is being kind of guinea pigged to gamers because that's where there's lots of innovation in tech. Um, but uh, definitely the goal is to bring VR out of just gamers, uh, bring it into the everyday homes. Uh, if you look at what Gear VR is doing, right, a lot of the top selling apps and, and software there is videos and, and other kinds of apps and like not necessarily gaming, right? Um, mm -hmm. So that's where they already kind of have that market on mobile VR, and I think the Oculus Go is ostensibly a step up from mobile VR because it doesn't have the requirement of a $700 phone. You're exactly yeah. right. You're exactly right. And this is the thing. Like, uh, this is going to be $199. Yeah. So, like you say... You, How you, much you was Gear VR when that first came out? So know? I think I think it was less, but you obviously required like a decent smartphone to run it, which yeah, is another expense. Yeah. So if you're a kid or, you know, you, you, you want to just get into VR, like, this might be a nice way of introducing yourself to it you yes. know also yes. um i just went to look up in 2016 it says that uh there were 6.3 million vr devices sold and samsung gear vr accounted for 4.5 uh, million of that yeah. so it's like yeah. it makes sense for oculus want to want to step into mm -hmm. this more like okay we don't want to go mobile because i guess samsung gear vr already has the uh uh the entire market on hold for that but if you want to step back and, and approach way larger group of people then you could do this you know you can make this standalone platform they already have the name so but it makes sense don't forget don't forget that a lot of those uh, gear vrs they were also um added to the phone if you bought a new yeah. phone you would yeah. get a gear vr for free it's true yeah so yeah. that's probably a, a large portion of why the number is so like yeah. outrageously high compared to the rest of the market but it is also still worth noticing i mean samsung became like a if you know vr you probably like i i talk to a lot of people who are like oh you do vr stuff and then mm -hmm. i'd be like yeah I, I play with htc vive or whatever and they're they have no idea what that is but they are very quick to say like oh the gear vr right and i'm like it's a little bit different but yeah that's you know the the basis of it and i i understand why oculus would want to spend time starting to approach that market because it's easier for more people to get involved Absolutely, and and you know this is uh, a device that still runs on the Android platform, so it is essentially mobile, but it's just all built in, uh, and and this is the really smart thing that they did as well that that all the Gear VR apps are going to be available on Oculus Go on, from day one, so you know you buy the headset, you've already got like a a library that's been around for, for you know a couple a year or so, uh, it's got some really nice applications on there. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see how this does. Um, and it's going to be shipping to devs uh, in November, uh, and uh, it's going to be available to consumers like uh, in early 2018. Yeah. Like I say, for $199. So they they ship it to developers first because like with with the Oculus Rift DK1, you could actually buy one, you know, and with the DK2 as well as a developer. So they only sent them out. Is it that like exclusive? Are they trying to just keep it away from everyone uh, until like the devs made some good stuff? Uh, so it, all, all they said was that it was going to start shipping in November okay. to devs. Um, they didn't say like a bit like uh, like you said the DK one like they they 
they sort of sold it as a, a prototype sort of you know like yeah. a developer kit but a lot of consumers bought it as well right that were just really yeah, intrigued yeah. um but yeah I, I don't think you're going to get the opportunity to do it this time around um you're gonna have to wait till early 2018. But there's like one interesting thing about the uh, Oculus Go is that there's something built into the strap, right? Yeah, that's right. So it's got built-in audio, um, and it's uh, got a similar design that we'll come to again in the Santa, uh, Santa Cruz uh, update. It, it is that they've kind of like dropped the design of like having uh, over-the-ear headphones or even like mm -hmm. dangly in-ear earphones, and they've kind of got this like built-in audio uh, into the strap. Uh, we're not quite sure how it works just yet, but the, the guys from Tested um, were saying that with their Santa Cruz stuff, that they seem to think that the drivers might be in the headset itself and the audio might be channeled down uh, some lanes in the actual strap to oh. come out near your ears. So it's not like kind of uh, completely like sealed in because the people around you can apparently hear what's going on. But that's a, a, again a, a nice way of uh, integrating audio into your device. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The, and, the, and thing, the thing that bothers me most, I think, is um, the fact that, I mean, people around you can hear you, but I mean, when I play VR, it's not often that some, not often there's someone around me. But it's more annoying that you get like background noise also coming in. I think. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true because you want to be immersed into the game, right? Yeah. Uh, you don't want any outside distractions. Um, but yeah, it'll be interested to see uh, people in the chat what they have to think of the uh, Oculus Go. You know, yeah. is anyone in the chat you know that, that doesn't have a VR headset right now and you know wants to experience VR but sort of jump in at the ground level and sort of see if they like it or not, and then they can sort of uh, upgrade maybe later on down the line. So uh, I'd be interested to see what you guys have to say about that. Yeah. But it's 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 nice though. I mean, if you got an Oculus Go and there there's like an app that runs really well on on that device that is a social thing. Because I mean, we haven't seen that many social platforms in VR yet that really work. I mean, we got Facebook Spaces, but that's not your typical hardcore uh, like experience, if you know what I mean. What people do, yeah. like scrolling on their phone all the time. You can replace that whole like swiping to the left and swiping to the right and like this and like that and comment and do it fast. Like it needs to be a fast social VR app. So speaking about sw swiping to the left and right, are you talking about tin t Tinder on Oculus Go? Is that what you want, Nathy? <laughs> no, no, but like, like I mean, their whole, uh, like their whole the Facebook, their whole Facebook system on my phone works really well. I can can swipe yeah. a video away and do things. So in VR, it's always a little more clumsy, if you know what I mean. It's slower. So if they can yeah. make that fast, because people wanna wanna like and and comment fast on everything they see. So yeah. that's that's going to be interesting because I think they will bring Facebook to the Oculus Go because they want yeah. to have like a billion users, right? Well, they are not coming from uh, uh, you know other uh, platforms. I think that Facebook is like the main source for that. Of yeah, course, which is Facebook. funny by the way because if you go on Facebook and you want to put an ad there, it's uh, actually you cannot put ads directed at HT Vive. It doesn't exist in the ad category. <laughs> really? It's really? Facebook Oculus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, I, I tried. Of I tried to do that before. Would. I tried to like run an ad on my Facebook, <clears throat> and you can't select HC Vive. You can HC One, HC all the HC phones, but the HC Vive is not there. That's so hilarious. So only, only Oculus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's. I guess that's competition as well. So it seems like some people do want to have a go. Someone also said yeah. that, I, that I don't need Tinder. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, but. Uh, <laughs> No, but I think that 
like I also feel like I want to have one, and mm. I'm I'm not sure. Like it's a total different ma- market, you know. I don't think they are going to target like well. the the whole social media market with with the 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 rift right now. You know, they yeah. did it with Facebook Spaces, but in the end, um, a mobile phone is also something very like you can carry it around. So the Oculus Go totally fits into that like whole, uh, you know. Yeah, exactly. And, and I'll tell you what, like when I was speaking to developers about this, because I was very interested to see what people thought about it, um, a, a, a couple of the devs were flying over from like the UK, for example, and they were taking their Gear VR on the plane with them so they could just like put it in. They're completely blocked out from all the, the, the plane noise and everything else that's going around them, and then just watching like Netflix or like movies uh, in their Gear VR. But they were saying Sounds the Sounds like that was a real geeky flight. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a 10 hour flight for me. So. Uh, but yeah, you've got a screaming child on the plane, you know, you, you want to kind of block all that out and just focus on like a film, uh, get through the flight. So, you know, I, that's where I can see this is going to be really great because you're not going to be like draining your own uh, mobile battery. Uh, you can just use the, the Go and have, a, you know, a few hours, I guess, in there and um, and uh, watch some movies and just be completely immersed in that world for a little while. If it blocks out the audio. Well, yeah, that's, that's true, actually. You know, you're right because it won't, will it? So... I mean, Anthony, what do you think of the uh, the Go? Do you guys see yourself working on something for that? Just because of the nature of the gallery, it's a high-fidelity experience, and it's right. built for PC VR. It's, it's really difficult for us to look at mobile VR and say, okay, we want to make a game that fits these constraints right. because we know it's going to harm a lot of the stuff. 3DOF controllers don't really work yeah. for the kind of stuff we're going for with the gallery. Um, so mobile VR is not really something we're looking at right now. That said, I think the device is great. Uh, if it can usurp what the Samsung is doing right now with the Gear VR, well, I guess Oculus is technically doing it because of their hardware, but yeah. um, if it usurps the Gear VR um, and becomes that low-tier VR headset, that's great because standalone is good, standalone is the future, um, and uh, I think I think the headset's a good idea, the Oculus Go specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it'll be interesting as well to see if like uh, applications like you're saying about social, Nathie, you know, that the that, that other social apps like VRChat or Altspace yeah. would be a good fit for something like this, right? That, that's true. But I also think that, that gaming wise, like, you know, that Facebook has its own games and that's uh, like your, your let, let's say your target, for example, a uh, uh, house mom that plays Candy Crush and stuff like that. So that's going to be a part of it, too. You know, it's it's not your hardcore. It's just that 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 nicely casual, uh, you know, uh, poop emoji uh, experience. I, I don't know how to say this, but <laughs> you get my point. Where just yeah. a casual people don't want to have like a big PC or have too much. Just just simple. It works, and that's it. You know, a friendly user Listen, experience. I live yeah. my yeah. life one poop emoji experience to the next. That's <laughs> <much>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> this kind of brings me on nicely to the next uh, hardware announcement because so we've got Oculus Go, which is kind of very much in the sort of mobile camp, but this is kind of like the next step in mobile and standalone, and that is the Santa Cruz prototype. 
So we've seen this before. It was unveiled uh, last year at Oculus Connect 3. Um, this year they've added more to it and they've uh, released a little bit more information about it. Uh, they've showed some nice videos of it as well. But again, it's completely untethered and standalone. It doesn't require a PC to run this, but it's going to be way more powerful than the Go. So if you think of the Go as like the kind of entry point, this is kind of like right in the middle between the Go and the Rift on PC. So if you can't afford a, like a super powerful PC, but you want that kind of immersive experience that Rift offers in terms of like one-to-one -one hand tracking and everything else, then this is kind of what they're aiming for with the Santa Cruz. Um, we don't know if it's going to be called the Santa Cruz eventually. I think it's just like a kind of like a project name right now. But uh, essentially, it's just like a kind of really, really more powerful version. But this is interesting because it comes with um, four cameras uh, built into the headset, uh, which has which provides kind of inside-out tracking. It's got built-in audio, like the Go does in a similar way. Um, it sort of channels the audio down, we think. Uh, it's got two fully tracked uh, six degrees of freedom hand movement controllers. They look very similar to the Touch, but uh, they're kind of designed a bit differently. Uh, and they also have trackpads rather than thumbsticks. So, uh, what do you guys think of that? The the the, the trackpads. I, I think, think it's guys... very interesting. I'm very mm -hmm. excited for. It. I'm. I heard that the controllers, like like how you hold them, is very nice because I mean, I was always dreaming of having like a thumbstick and a touchpad as one controller, because uh, for walking around, for example, not sure if Oculus wants to go more into the like the movement of VR. But like you can move around with the thumbstick and, and like scrolling through a menu, for example, in the game is, is very nice. So I like the combination. I'm not sure if it's like it's it's double down now where you have like on the on the left control you have the thumbstick and, and a touchpad on the right one you have the same. So I'm not sure why you have it double, you know, it's kind of like uh, too much. But I don't know, I'm, I'm very interested in it. Yeah, it's interesting as well because Microsoft have kind of like done both right in their new mixed reality controllers they've got thumbsticks and trackpads so yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry i was like confused with with the mixed reality one yeah yeah, no, but yeah. this one has only the touchpad right so that's that's, that's right yeah, which yeah, is the yeah, first yeah. yeah it's the first for oculus um yeah. in terms of using like the trackpads uh, and like you said they they essentially look like the touch controllers but without the thumbsticks yeah. um so i, I was I find it interesting yeah, I find I find it really interesting. But again, I, I'm I'm wondering like, what is their target market here? Like, it's uh, getting so splintered at this point. <laughs> it's like because I, I I remember from hearing from like the, the tested video as well. The guy said, you know, uh, no matter how much work they do, they will never be able to get, you know, uh, a PC of 2017 in the year 2017 in that headset. And by the time that they can get a PC of 2017 in that headset. You know, we were already being 2020 with 2020 PCs and, you know, with Moore's law, everything is like increasing and everything becomes faster and more graphical processes. And I, I, I'm really wondering what is their what is their target market here? Because if it's for a social experience, then you don't need the more powerful processor, I think. And if it's for uh, gaming, then I'm afraid that it will be too light to uh, to get what uh, what we expect with the HC Vive with the Oculus Rift. And in addition to that, it's also going to be more pricey in a way. Like I'm sure they would have to in some sense price it below the Oculus Rift, <clears throat> right? Cuz that's their premium one. But if you think about it, there would be less hardware actually on the device itself. And that leads mm -hmm. to them needing to uh, like have an additional price. So it's like how much lower could 
this standalone headset actually be from the Oculus Rift? And are people are gonna are people gonna see that price as like an acceptable reason to not just go the extra distance for the mm-hmm. the Oculus Rift? I mean, is the standalone portion is the fact that there's no <laughs> wires enough for people? Because I feel like you're just gonna overall have a better experience on the Oculus Rift. I know you would need like a standalone what? PC, but it's like. I don't know. I, I'm having trouble. Exactly, but it, you, depends on, it, it depends on it depends on the on the people that they target for that. Because I mean, if they're targeting gamers, then yeah. But I mean, a consumer point. thinks very like simple. It's like, oh, wireless. I don't need any cables. That's the one I buy. And then they don't yeah, like most buy, people don't do that much research when they buy. The you know, the concern for us as developers is that, as you said, this is splintering thing, right? Yeah. This is introducing a third tier. If the Oculus yeah. Go is trying to replace mobile VR. And there's the Oculus Rift still because it, the standalone will never be able to catch up to PC. Then that means we yeah. now have a third tier with this standalone um, and a cruise, uh, which yeah, means exactly. that in order to build for that platform, developers are again going to have to make concessions, right? They're going to have to constrain graphic fidelity, size of the games, all of that kind of thing is going to be constrained again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a very bad thing to do that at this point in time. It it, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't necessarily help. I think again. As I saying with the Go, standalone is the future, right? We, we're going to have to move away from uh, any hardware restrictions uh, at some point. Um, but uh, it's just, yeah, it's a little, it's a little nerve-wracking right now uh, to, to see a new piece of hardware that's below what we already have because we want to build for everything. And if that's the one that takes off, then, oh, no, we've got to scale down the gallery. You know, we've got to find new solutions. And it... it it's tough, right? It's, yeah. it's a tough middle ground. Yeah. But I think yeah. I think as well with this particular device, like th- this is kind of the way I see it, is that it's kind of like a console in a way. Like my guess is that it's, it's probably going to be around three hundred ninety nine dollars, as a guess, right? But the way I see it is that you you can get that and experience like Dead and Buried, for example. You can jump into a game of Dead and Buried and play with other players online and have that amazing feeling of moving and jumping around and and having these track uh, controllers but say like I'm a you know a 16 17 year old kid and I, I, I really want to experience that well my barrier to entry on the rift is like a thousand pounds a thousand dollar PC and a three hundred ninety nine dollar yeah. that is now rift. that is now when is Santa Cruz coming out we don't even have a release date yeah yet. no so It'll by, be a couple so years by the time yeah. yeah I mean the rift now is already dropped to 399 right yeah uh, but by the time that Santa Cruz maybe comes in the market, how much will an Oculus powered PC still cost? Yeah, everyone will probably have a PC that, is, that can power it. And you'll have probably the next generation of uh, of um, like Nvidia GPUs or something. You know, Volta is going to be coming yeah. out at some point mm-hmm. in uh, uh, twenty. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, of course. But then you're pushing up the price again. But I think pushing in the future the you price. can easily get. No, no. I mean, if you if you buy like the Volta, then no, no, no. Uh, because at that point, you could just get Pascal because all those cards already run. Uh, yeah, exactly. All the game, all exactly. VR games, like yeah. pretty much well. And with Volta mm-hmm. out, they would have to bring down price of Pascal. Mm-hmm. So it's like mm-hmm. things are so, going down. You know exactly what what they would have to do with the with the Santa Cruz is is build a headset that can compete directly with your Oculus Rift without the need for buying a PC. No. And I, I, I don't I, see that happening. No, you're right, and I, I, don't, I don't see that happening either. But what I'm saying is, like, um, if I was 16-year-old me right now, uh, you know, going back in the day, the the Santa Cruz is probably the product that I would probably end up buying, uh, purely because I, I couldn't afford a PC. Um, you know, I'm never going to be able to afford one as a 16-year-old kid. 
but I want that 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 experience of moving and and, and going crazy in VR, like in Dead and Buried, for example, and playing with other people online. Um, so that's the why the why I kind of compare it to like an Xbox or a, or a PS4 in terms of like it's a gaming platform that is kind of like you just buy it and yeah. you play games. Yeah, I, I, and that's I mean, kind of where I see it. I know, I know a lot yeah. of people are because uh, again, it, it's not for us. You got to remember that it, it, the, these these devices that they've announced are nothing mm. to, for us because we're the enthusiasts. We want the, the cutting edge, but I think this is kind of like what people in the middle will want uh, to get that true um, experience, but not have to have a PC mm. to to back it up. Mm. And and of course so there I, will be sacrifices. What I think that Austin and myself mean as well is that by the time that it comes out, it will be hard to find people who don't have uh, a VR ready PC already. Yeah. Yep. Because yeah. if it's made in the, in the past. Th that's true, but not two, everyone is. Years. But that's the thing. Not everyone is a PC person. So even if that's the right. best PCs are out there, uh, some people are not interested in having a PC. They just got a laptop. They got maybe their phone to do their yeah. like agendas on. And that's it. Yeah. So not everyone. But even, even laptops. If you buy a laptop now, it's VR ready. Yeah? Well, I mean, if you yeah. get a gaming one. I mean, but, kind of but in the end, in the end, even if it's getting really cheap, then in, then still not everyone wants to have a PC. Yeah. Nathan yeah. was and talking about earlier. Nathan mentioned earlier that, you know, people don't put the research into things and they also don't want to have to think about it. And like the more I've been thinking about this, it does actually make sense where they're coming from to try to do this. Mm -hmm. My worry is that think about like if somebody um, like kind of what Anthony was talking about, you know, how the gallery is a very like high fidelity game. Like a lot of what you're experiencing in that game is, is just like how awe inspiring everything is around you. Right. So imagine like watching a video on YouTube like you're about to go get your oculus go you're watching a video about this uh this uh like the gallery or something you can't wait to play it on on the gal or uh, on the go because now they have a, a go version of it you know and then you get into it and you're like wow this is not what i was expecting you know i was expecting this much higher resolution you know this whole different like sensation you know i like like he was talking about with the splintering now you've got all these different versions of games you've got this smaller market essentially because now they don't have to choose between two things they've got to choose between all these different things so it's like i see where they're coming from and it does make sense because a lot of people like you said they don't they just simply don't want to be pc people they don't think about it but you also don't want to end up with a lesser experience than what you were expecting just based off of uh, like the market in general. You know? But let's yeah. be clear, right? Because like, okay, so so a lot of the reason why I ended up getting into doing like YouTube and stuff like that is because none of my friends are into VR, right? Despite like my best efforts, because the PC is the biggest problem for them. They all have consoles, they all play on PS4, they all have like Nintendo Switches. But, and I think this is where this will come into its own because I don't think you need high fidelity to have amazing VR experiences. Look at Superhot, for example, right? If you have Superhot with this, that you're completely untethered and you can just dance around in yeah. your house and play Superhot. And break well, all think, your TVs. Yeah. And break all your stuff. I think you're going to have a great time. Uh, I think... Yeah. I think your uh, your console analogy was on the money. Yeah. If they compete with PSVR, maybe that's the right market for this. Mm. If they can hit the same fidelity that PSVR can get, the same frame rate, the same refresh rate, all of that kind of stuff, if they can match PSVR and get the AAA developers that enjoy PSVR because of its huge market size, you know, get Ubisoft porting onto Oculus Go, get Bethesda on Oculus Go, get those AAA developers on Oculus Go, and turn that into a PSVR without a PSVR, uh, that's a good market for that, I think. I can yeah. actually see that happening. But too, even, but even still, then they would have to build the entire PlayStation in a headset. 
I mean, or close to, be to fair, it. Yes. Though, the the PlayStation Four, like, uh, what's the teraflops it's pushing out? It's not nuts. It's really like, and even the uh, the CPU they have in that thing, it's really not all that impressive. It does mm. the job for PSVR, but you got to remember, PSVR is already a very scaled down version of you know what we're used to in like yeah. the Rift or the HTC Vive. So yeah. I could see that actually yeah. being relatively possible. Mm. Yeah, the mobile uh, VR, like even. In the in the early lucky days with with the dev kits, those were made with mobile parts, right? Like the early DK1 and DK2, those were with yeah. mobile parts, mobile displays, mobile processors. Um, so mobile is continuing to go up. It slowed down for sure. Like Moore's law isn't a thing anymore. But I took a look at the specs for the new the upcoming iPhone. That thing is faster than an i uh, a MacBook Pro. Yeah. Like those nice. <laughs> that processing speed is still around. Uh, it's just a matter of getting the the the, the GPU in there really. Um, so. But certainly from what I, because I, I spoke to some people that actually got to try it out and like, you know, I was desperate to try this thing out and I, 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 I tried really hard to have a demo, but they were really, really selective about who they showed this stuff to. And it was like all the major like news outlets, basically they got to try it. And I spoke to a couple of the guys that tried it and a couple of devs that tried it as well. And what they said was that, you know, there wasn't so much about the graphical fidelity, but the sense of freedom that it provided added more immersion than what in 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 the way that the rift can provide in 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 one way because you're you're untethered and you have this amazing freedom and the guardian system was very very smart in it that you could move around freely without being scared that you're going to trash your place because it had this very clever system integrated into it so um the, the thing is, for me, like it doesn't necessarily interest me as a device that I personally want to own, but I, I am excited for the fact that it exists. Um, uh, it would be interesting to see what they do in terms of like people that want to get this and maybe create content using it, because I don't know how they would do that, because it's not tethered to a device that you can record the output. So whether they're going to have some sort of streaming thing built into it, like they've announced with their, their, their new Dash system, I don't know, but that'll be really interesting as well. And in the end, I mean, this is called a project. So there's a yeah. lot yeah. going to change. Like this is just, hey, because last year they were also showing off at Oculus Connect, like, hey, we got a wireless uh, headset. And then it was like on the back, a big like, big like battery, you know, and stuff like that. So now they're like narrowing it down, trying to get like the reactions here. And, and I'm sure it's gonna take all before this comes out. Um, but I think, I think it's good. It's gonna be like a thing for people that do not want to have a PC because there is a big like, uh, you can target a big audience for that. Yeah. And I think th- sure. this is going to be uh, available for developers to play around with next year. Um, so, yeah, they're going to be shipping them out and getting people, you know, developing on there. So it's going to be uh, yeah. an interesting product. But talking about, like, sort of wireless, obviously, you know, TPCast that have recently announced that they've got an Oculus hmm. uh, version of their TPCast coming out by the end of the year. Um, so, you know, if you want to experience completely untethered and you've got the space, then maybe you can sort of get a, a bit of a taste for that with the TP cast. Um, so that's interesting as well. Yeah, yeah, I think that that the freedom of, of like playing without cables um, is is like a big upgrade, and then the the rest was like a downgrade will like kind of fade away. Yeah, like you kind of accept that. Like, hey, yeah, I can have uh, no cables, but then maybe less like uh, great experiences or like less. Um, how do you say that? Like with with just VR and PC, it's like extremely cool, and you got like nice graphics and a lot of possibilities. Well, with this one, it's gonna be less, but not in a way where it's kind of you know you can just yeah. 
Yeah, I think yeah, it makes up for its its, it's yeah. lacking in infidelity in, yeah. in other areas. Definitely, yeah. definitely. So yeah, um, it's exci- it's exciting. I think. Um, go on, sorry, sorry, bro. I was it. just gonna mention real quick. Like, I know we've actually mentioned this before, but the the wire like coming out the back only really annoys me when it's like tangled up. And I would actually like I would probably say that the weight of a headset is probably more like immersion breaking than the wire. And I feel like with adding all this hardware on there, it's more likely to be heavier than it is having this annoying wire. But that being said, again, but have you I tried wireless? I haven't tried wireless, but even then, I would also mention that you know you're adding these battery packs to your to your body and the the little thing on there as well. So I mean, I don't know how much better it could realistically be, but I guess I can't I can't actually know that until I've tried it. So yeah, I think so. I think it's the same way we had with the discussion with the field of view. Is mm-hmm. that you know you, you, it all seems fine, but once you increase that, I think you really notice like oh yeah okay this is this is this is way better even though you never really minded it or never really uh-huh. paid attention to it. Yeah. It's the, a sub, the, subconscious thing. The wire is one that doesn't bother us as gamers, but it's mm-hmm. something that does bother general consumers, right? So if Facebook's goal is to get everyone in there, then you, we have to get those general consumers, and they're bothered by wires. You know, we demo the gallery all the time, and. 70% of people that have played games before just, you know, the wire disappears for them. But there are still a lot of people that still get tangled up with it. You know, the, yeah, the housewife right. that wants to play Candy Crush that Nathan was talking about, you know, if we <laughs> want to sell her on VR, then, then yeah. the wire's got to go. So. Yeah, and cool. it was interesting but you say that about the housewife because in, in Oculus's um, keynote, they had a lot of uh, images of like uh, like grandmothers yeah, in that, VR. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. And uh, I actually sent a tweet out. I said, <laughs> oh, like... Oculus is uh, grandma friendly, confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's actually funny because uh, the grandma that they showed, uh, she's in part of one of the uh, of the Facebook groups on Oculus. Oh, really? And she posted her experience that they came and um, filmed her. That she has some problems setting it up mm. and she reached out to the people on the Oculus group. And that's how Facebook basically saw it. And they, uh, they said, you know what, we come and help you out if we can film for the keynote. I said, yeah, sure. That's amazing. <laughs> came over that's the soonest thing, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, that's nice. But exactly, if that's what they're sort of aiming for, you know, like e- even your, you, you know, your nan can can put a headset on and have a great time, then, then that's great. I think we're, we're moving in the right direction. Even my nan, nan. That's, a, that's, a Brit- that's a British term. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's really cool. They, they use like, like a real grandma because first I was like, hey, this is going to be like a stuck footage uh, grandma that used VR and has no idea what she's doing, but it's actually... A real legit grandma. That's really nice. I like yeah. that. Real grandma <laughs> confirmed. <actually> legit. legit. <laughs> yeah. That's true. So, uh, in terms of the Oculus Rift itself, like we didn't really have any any more news other than the fact that they're constant. They're, the, the new price point is going to be three hundred ninety nine dollars moving forward now. So it's the same price as the Summer of Rift sale price, but it's going to be fixed from here on out. So that's really really exciting as well. Yeah. Um, obviously, right now, you know, the Vive is, is running at, at 599 with a, a Fallout bundle, um, but it obviously doesn't include that deluxe audio head strap. So, you know, if you want that built-in audio, it's an extra 100 bucks as well. So, yeah. right now, I would say it's the best deal in VR. Uh, if you haven't got into VR yet and you're thinking about buying a headset, I think it's a great uh, price. And obviously, now that we know that there's nothing new coming out imminently, it's a great time to jump on board if you've got a PC that's powerful enough to run it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that next year it's going to change a lot because we got so many headsets. It's going to be a Wild West. Like we've yeah. seen now this Wild West going on <laughs> already great. where no one knows what kind of headsets uh, there are anymore. But like next year, then it's going to change because right now it's still like Rift, Vive. 
now we get like the the mixed reality that's just vr by the way guys uh, headset uh, and uh that's it but i i'm sure it's gonna change we first started off friendly in a way now we will slowly see that vr war happening where everyone has a headset everyone wants to sell it to everyone out there and then yeah there are devices going to fail as well i think so the way, there which will one? be plenty uh, of failures i imagine i don't i don't know we, we will I see mean, oh. there are devices going to fail Oh. Not, not everyone can survive. I'm, I'm right. sure that not everyone will be able to deliver the, the full experience to people and, and that, that can include customer support, uh, VR experiences, games, uh, the way they, they uh, talk to people on their Facebook, Twitter. I don't know. We will see. We will see. There are always people that have like troubles to start up with VR and they're like, okay, let's just give it a try and see how it goes. But yeah, next year it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy, and I, I don't I don't even know how to be able to handle this anymore because for me it was like very easy like I got a rift, I got a vibe. Okay, well that that's that's cool, but now it's like expanding and expanding, and and you need to like like we have a role you know in in the whole VR community to like deliver uh, the best like videos out there and tell people like this is a headset you could get, but also this one, and when there are like tiny differences, it's gonna be so hard to. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's It'll be true. like a three-minute segment at the end of all of our videos that just talk about which which headsets this works for, which ones yeah. they're worth. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I think that marketing-wise, this could be kind of an issue where everyone needs to figure out how to do this, but also like developer-wise, as Anthony said, where they also need to think like, oh my God, which headset like this? Is this going to be something very important? I think that when SteamVR accepts one on their platform, at least PC-wise, then that's the ones you should focus on. But outside of that, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting, guys. It's definitely interesting times ahead. And, you know, we're not that far now from the Windows Mixed Reality uh, headsets being released. And, and again, like from the feedback from the, some of the devs that I've spoken to, I don't know if you've tried this yourself, uh, Anthony, but um, they say it's, it's, it's a nice thing. You, I saw someone pull it out of a bag, plug it into a laptop, and it worked. That was the setup. Oh, yeah, that's great. The, uh, the the mixed reality stuff. Haven't got the chance to try it. We have one in the office, but uh, um, up until just really recently, then it was just you had to get onto the um, uh, the their update role and like go into the preview version of Windows and all that kind of stuff. So it was just a lot of steps for for us um, when we're in the middle of our project. But uh, yeah. once we get that Steam VR uh, um, with the Microsoft mixed reality, then I'll definitely be trying that out. We've got a we've got a copy of Arizona Sunshine begging for us to play so well <laughs> I, I, i've heard from all the developers that if your game is on steam vr then it'll automatically work with windows mixed reality without any additional work that's what i heard yeah um, just I'd, almost yeah. yeah yeah so they were because saying it's just vr, <laughs> it's just it, VR. <laughs> well that's right so but, they, but it's, it's, it's going to work with their proprietary controllers and everything like that yeah. Um, yeah. which is which is the, the only the only thing that's not going to work of course is is the tracking is a little bit different, right? So if a developer really wants to work for that tracking, they're going to have to make some changes, right? right. Um, for a game like the gallery where there's like throwing and you like reach over your shoulder, that's a little bit more tricky for those mixed reality uh, controllers to pick up. So yeah. we'll have to think about that forward thinking in the, in the future in terms of design if we want to work for that, which builds into the splintering thing, right? Because now we're thinking about control restraints again, yeah. where we didn't want to think about that before. So Of course, yeah. Uh, so some other updates just from the show um, were that 
they are going to announce Rift Core 2.0 update, and this is basically an update that's going to come across the board uh, in December this year. Uh, this is going to include new uh, Oculus Home environments, so something we've been asking for for a long, long time now. Uh, a bit like Steam VR Home, which is a, a fantastic uh, environment to to be in. You know, you can put stuff on your wall, you can have your achievement cabinet, you can do all this cool stuff. Well, they're finally sort of bringing that to the Oculus platform as well. Um, so you can have furniture and move it around your uh, environment. You can have like a retro gaming console with all your games that look like little retro gaming cartridges that you can plug into your retro gaming cartridge and actually launch them that way. So that's kind of nice. And also you can invite buddies over to your house, like your little home environment, and just hang out in your home environment and just kind of chat and, you know, shoot some targets soon or have some fun. Soon in the future you won't be needing a house anymore. Yeah, That's right. I'll be your VR real yeah. estate just like uh, a little hey Austin you want to come over to my house yeah I cannot wait that sounded so creepy <laughs> I will bring my wooden shoes yeah. I'm excited <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right you'll just need a little VR Schmeagle cave and uh, you'll be happy yeah you could yeah. also just uh, simulate your real house and then make make a VR version of it again <laughs> but then it looks cooler with all the furniture you always wanted to have and all the biggest television and, and everything in there, you know. <laughs> that would be nice. Like, hey, I got a hobo house and now I go into my highly expensive house that I always wanted to have. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, so also... So my crib. Yeah, yeah. Like, what is it? Like Grand Designs? <laughs> yeah, like uh, <laughs> the cribs, like the MTV one. Yeah, like, oh, hey, guys. This is where the magic <laughs> happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. This is where the magic happens. Welcome yeah. to my crib. Yeah. Show you how we live. So uh, the other update that they announced as part of the, the, the 2.0 update is Oculus Dash. Now this is actually quite exciting, especially for us as content creators, because what it kind of looks like, and this is kind of the way I describe it, is like it's like Oculus's version of like Minority Report, in that you can kind of bring up the menu now and have all these like multiple displays. Uh, and these are like virtual displays. They're not tied to hardware any uh, your hardware anymore. So even if you only have one monitor, you can have as many virtual displays as I guess your PC can handle. But for me, it'd be like I could record my gameplay, uh, have like an OBS window here and see what I'm recording. Have some like live chat, maybe if I was doing a Twitch thing, and you know have some other stuff all around me that I can record with all at the same time. So that's quite interesting for me, and it's I'd be interested to see what you guys think of that. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I know in the HTC Vive, they have a pretty decent, you know, little window, but the way they, they, they make this look so futuristic is a big step up. I mean, like with the HTC Vive, for instance, like sometimes you'll pull up that desktop screen and it's like kind of funky or, you know, it depends on the resolution of your monitors or how you have it set up. And if you have them like scaled the wrong way, it just simply won't work at all. So it's like if this dash thing works the way that, you know, this little trailer thing is making it seem, That'd be great. I yeah. mean, I, I would definitely be interested in something like that. Yeah. Yeah, so that's going to be a free update in uh, December. So um, just other very quick highlights from the show. Um, I actually got to meet Palmer Lucky. Uh, that was just like the most surreal experience ever. He was just such a cool dude. Like, it, my, my mate tweeted me and he was like, dude, you are not going to believe this. Palmer's at the show. And I was like, I can't believe this. So I had to go and find him. And he was just on the concourse with like everyone else. I had a little crowd around him and he was wearing his like Hawaiian t-shirt and his shorts <laughs> and his, his sandals. And yeah, and he was just like <laughs> taking questions 
one at a time from people. People were being like super nice about it. And he was talking about all sorts of stuff, crypto, VR, uh, other bits and pieces. But it was just so cool to see him there. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, whatever people think of him, I still think I still see him as the father of VR. I think without him, we wouldn't be, he'd be here where we are now. Uh, but so it was uh, super nice uh, to meet, meet that guy. Did you ask him if you paid for a ticket? <laughs> I, I, and that's the thing. I, I wanted to know if, if oh. Oculus knew that he was there or not. Like, if had they invited him or had he just like bought a ticket and just turned up to the show? We, we just don't know. We don't know what that relationship you is like. You could have known him. if you asked. <laughs> yeah, I know, but... Uh, that's true. I didn't want to be that guy, you know. <laughs> no, I think they, they knew he was oh, coming man. because that, that's what I also told Mike. Um, so uh, Oculus Go got announced and then an hour later they um, went live with their new Twitter account at uh, Oculus Go. And the fifth person they were following was Palmer Lucky. And that happens right when the whole stream stuff is going on. So I'm sure he was a part of the whole plan here to bring him over. And uh, yeah, no, he's very inspiring to listen to. Uh, and it's funny, I watched some videos of him doing like some talks to everyone. Uh, and I saw you like popping up all the time in, in the back, like fanboying around. Yeah, like, <laughs> please no notice please. me, Senpai. Notice yeah. me, please. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. Uh, that's yeah, true. It's cool. It's cool. Okay, so I think we have talked enough about Oculus. Uh, so let's move on to why Anthony Oculus. is here. So we can talk to you about uh, obviously your new game that's coming up, uh, which is The Gallery Episode 2 Heart of the Emberstone. So uh, am I right in thinking it's coming out on the 18th of October on HTC Vive and Oculus Rift? We've delayed it to 2022, sorry. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh. October 18th. <laughs> October 18th. It's happening. It's yeah. actually happening. Your kids it's coming out. should be able to play it. That's uh, exciting. Yeah. No, it's coming out, and we're really excited. Um, I, I actually just yesterday um, played the, the final ending with, the, with all the music properly in, and... Uh, the game is bonkers. It's going to be special, uh, huh? <laughs> it's going to be special. It, uh, yeah, we're really excited about it. I mean, it's, it's, there's a lot of stuff going on in there that oh. we haven't really seen before in VR. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's been an incredibly long journey. How, longer than we expected. How, but how long has great. it been? Like, how long have you been working on this for? Yeah, well, we, we started pre-production around the time that we finished episode one. Right. So it's, it's almost been a year and a half. Um, Nice. That's exciting. And that's, that's I, I got I got a funny story about uh, the gallery as well. Uh, uh, before I started my my YouTube channel with like the HTC, uh, the gallery was the first one I ever sent an email to. Like, uh, could I maybe could I maybe try uh, the gallery out, please? And it was like three months before release or something. I sent you guys an email. Yeah. <laughs> but you guys still replied to me and still said. Uh, Oh yeah, sure. Well, once the game is finally out there, then we might be able to send you a key. I never got. And a it was response. actually the first. <laughs> it was actually the first game I ever played with my with my HTC Vive, the right first on. game. Yeah. 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 We well, we were fortunate to be for the for episode one to be bundled with the with the Vive for like what seven mm -hmm. eight months, and uh, uh, that was a huge honor because it it meant that a whole bunch of people it was their first experience in VR, um, which is, I mean. What can you even say about that? Like yeah. in a, a project you've worked on, and that's the first thing that someone is going to step into yeah. when they get this incredible new platform, this piece of future. Um, yeah, we're really grateful for that. 
I think it's also yeah. probably worth mentioning that despite being one of the very first games, you guys set a pretty high bar. Like, you guys weren't messing around. It seems like a lot of the games that came out well after uh, the Gallery Episode 1 were still way behind, True. you know? I think you guys did a great job. That, the thing there is that we were working with VR for so long, right? Uh, our CEO and creative director, Danny Unger, he was, like, friends with, with Palmer Lucky on the forums mm -hmm. back in 2012 before mm -hmm. the Rift even existed yeah. properly, right? Um, so he was one of the first people to get a dev kit. Uh, we worked with that. And uh, because of the innovations that we were doing uh, with the software, because we were one of the first studios to bring the Sixth Sense uh, motion trackers into uh, VR. Um, and that got the attention of Valve, who then brought us into the early versions of SteamVR and Vive. And so we were one of, I think, the first 10 developers to, to, to get that hardware. And it would just continued like that, right? We were very fortunate to to have access to all this hardware really early and to work with yeah. it from the ground up from the very beginning, um, which meant that our game felt like a game that had been worked on for a few years yeah. rather than a game that had been worked on in, in a, one year or something. Yeah. Talking about hardware, I, I think I've been following you guys since you've been uh, developing for, um, with the Sixth Sense, uh, the Hydra controllers. <laughs> that, that's where I actually knew you guys from. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah those, are in the, those are in the cupboard now. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, that was a, that was a big that was a big part of our identity, and it continues to be right because hands. Yeah. We've it always was felt amazing this. what you guys did in the in the gallery with hands. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because I, I remember I, sp I think I spent almost like forty five minutes in the tutorial just throwing at those bottles. I, I w it was such an insane experience for my because I still do when I have people coming over. One of the first experiences that I show them is often the gallery, also because it's more it's more of a slow paced experience. Like you know, this is how VR should be done, and yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed yeah. that. Yeah, a lot. I totally agree. I mean, the the three things for me for the gallery is like the sound design is is, is freaking awesome, brilliant. Um, and yeah. then you got um the fact that how you like pick things up works really well it, it always like and seems to be right in a way you know where how you hold it with your finger and then suddenly you do you you flip it around in a way it, it just works you know it doesn't seem like it snaps right away it's like a little like little yeah i don't know i i can't i, I need to pick something up every time i do it it's it's nice you enjoy it you know and then last yeah. but not least what you said rowdy like the backpack still yeah. something that a lot of games don't do is like have a backpack it really adds up to that like hey i need my backpack i need to put some stuff in there and and, and you know that's really nice yeah that's really cool yeah. also probably and then, and then we're not even talking about the story yet and and the puzzles and stuff like that it's just like the, the small details <laughs> it's like, fun like you guys you, you played the gallery like just as it came out uh when, you know on the htc vive obviously i only played it like two three weeks ago so I think a lot of the, like the wow factors for me had kind of, you know, I, I was a bit numb to it because I'd played so many VR experiences. But one of the things that really stood out for me, and I thought it was, like you say, is the backpack, that it was such a, a smart design on how to manage your inventory. That You're right in that many developers haven't taken notice of that uh, because it is such a nice system. Uh, and it, it's just so intuitive. You, you reach for your backpack, you go through all your stuff, you put what you need into it, and you just chuck it on your back again. That's just job done. And that, it, it was such a smart design in that sense. And is that going to be um, featured in, in the next episode? or? No. We know we got <laughs> rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, the, the, the backpack's definitely back. The okay. first um, thing you see is the backpack on the ground. Can't pick it up. The rest of the game, you're without one. 
<laughs> wow. Listen, so yeah, no, the, the, the backpack's an interesting design because it's, it's experiential design, right? So you, you, you get into VR as a developer and the first thing you realize is, okay, menus suck, right? Sometimes you have to deal with them, right? So we have like an in-game menu, uh, but we also have the gamepad version of the menu. You know, in case yeah, you wanted to go that way. Cool, yeah. um, and of course, the backpack, right? Inventory screens are going to suck in VR, but why not pull it off your shoulder? Um, and that's that's like a collaborative effort to get to that. It's not like just someone had a stroke of genius. It's yeah. it's it's a matter of just like being inside VR and playing with things for so long that you get those you get those cues, right? Um, and so you're going to see stuff like that come out over time. You know, uh, uh, if you look at uh, uh, duck season, then you put the cartridge into the thing and yeah. uh, start the right. It's all experiential design that way. You you got the the gun on the holster in some games. Um, anything that gets you physical like that and replaces UI elements with physicality is is what yeah. VR is about. So no, yeah. listen, my 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 good man. I'm sure there are probably some some things about this. But speaking of controllers. What can you tell me about the Knuckles controller, my good man? <laughs> <laughs> I can, Whoa, I can t okay. Are you allowed I can to talk about it all? Like, I don't know if there's we, a... Uh, we are allowed okay. to talk about it, yeah. Valve's been very kind and, and has put no NDA on the on the hardware itself. Okay. Um, so I can talk about whatever you... When, when Rowdy was talking about how he was so excited about picking up the things and throwing them, right? With the Knuckles, don't they just... They'll stay on your hand even when you're not, like, actively gripping them, right? That's I mean, right. So... So basically, it, you, you slip your hand in, and then you pull a little strap, and then it mm -hmm. tightens to your palm. So it, it kind of wraps around your palm like this, right. and then you can touch the base of the controller, which is now in your palm, and that's going to track your fingers, so you can lift one finger up, and it'll so represent cool. that, or those fingers, or whatever you need to do, right? Um, and uh, But the main thing there is that when you're holding the controller, you're not holding the controller, because yeah. it's strapped to your yeah. hand, and so when you release your hands into a natural flex like you would if you're just being in real life then your the controller is still there um, which means that immediately you're not thinking about holding a controller you're just being in the experience um, it makes it difficult uh, to design because we're so into hands right? right and so we had to re reamp our entire uh, hand animations uh, to have individual finger animations and all that kind of thing uh, in order to support uh, in the future um, individual hand animations for every item you grab so that your hand will naturally wrap around things depending oh, on how you're I holding see. the controller yeah. so we we've 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 uh we've we've developed that specifically so that we can get that implementation in the future um because that's yeah it's hugely important and um you want that to be represented properly the fortunate thing is uh the knuckles actually have a feature uh that just lets the touch work and replace a button so oh. one of the buttons we have is the trigger, right? And so you can just replace the the button press with going like this. And okay. so in episode two, then you have this really cool new power. Um, and instead of pressing a button to use it, you just kind of use your hand if you have the knuckles, oh, which nice. is kind that's of great. So and it feels sick. it feels super. It yes. feels perfect. It feels <laughs> perfect. Uh, and it's a you wouldn't you wouldn't think that it's going to be such a marked difference from holding a controller and doing that motion to like not holding controller and doing that motion but it, it is and it's really wow. really cool so that's that so nice. sick that how hard is it actually to uh, to have both the knuckle controllers and the steam controllers work for the same game yeah. is it is it fairly simple or is it really like a different model and you need to start all over again so out out of the box all of the inputs are mapped so all of every every button press and every gesture and whatever it's all it's all there 
Uh, it's tracked the same way. Um, all the inputs are there. Uh, the only thing is that, of course, the Knuckles have additional features. The finger tracking, the individual finger tracking. Um, and so we have that in, obviously. Um, it's just a matter of designing the game so that it supports handholds that way. Um, which we haven't got to yet because we have to finish the game first. Right, right. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, so, so if you if you want your game to work with and the knocker controllers and uh, the regular Steam controllers, uh, the regular Vive controllers, the the buttons that you can't map, you need to find a different solution. For no, that. there's there's no buttons that you, that you can't map. I mean. Uh, if if you want to develop it just for the knuckles, then you can do that, right? And then you would have mm -hmm. the individual finger tracking. Um, mm -hmm. But but like, and that wouldn't be supported by the Vive, obviously. But anything that already supports yeah. the Vive is supported by the knuckles because all of those inputs are there. So it sounds oh, like okay. they made it actually okay. pretty easy for you. I mean, even if you didn't want to do anything, theoretically, I guess it would still work out of the box. You would just it, not have extra features, is what you're saying. Exactly. Until the developer puts in the extra features into right. their game, then you wouldn't have the extra features of the finger tracking. But yeah, That's out nice. of the box, you can play literally any game just because it's mapped, right? Mm -hmm. So the grip button on the Vive controller is, is on the side of the controller. There's a little button on the face. The trackpad is there. There's a trigger on the back. Uh, there's a menu button on the side again. Uh, like, it's all there. Um, yeah. That's so awesome. how well does it work movement-wise then? Like, if you want to walk around or if you want to teleport, like... How does that like feel? I think you guys tested also like walking stuff. So the the, the trackpad is 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 uh, is a, is a new version from the from the hardware that's in the Vive controller, um, and so it's immediately more sensitive. Uh, it works better around the edges in particular. I noticed um, the Vive sometimes falls off when you get your finger on the edge, but this one doesn't. Um, and uh, so all of that stuff works works just as well, if not better than the than the Vive does already. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Okay. We got a couple of questions from uh, the chat as well, actually, about uh, the knock controls. Uh, one is: uh, Is the grip controller better than the Vive, or is it the same, maybe? Uh, oh, is the is the knuckles better than the Vive? The grip. The, the knuckles oh, the grip. grip. The grip. Okay, so the um, there's two things. There's the grip button, which is on the face of the controller. So in order to reach that button, you kind of do like a little pinching motion. Oh, okay. um, mm -hmm. um, but then you can, of course, replace the original use of the grip which is to pick things up or to interact and you can replace that just by touching actually the base of the controller so actually sad. gripping oh, okay. right yes uh and and so that's yeah that's <clears throat> immediately better in my opinion because you're yeah. not using an interface you're just using your hand <laughs> um but uh uh also the the grip button works fine because you you still have a pinching motion so it's still kind of like you're grabbing something you're just pinching it yeah mm -hmm. yeah and then another question, uh, of course, separate from those uh, finger tracking uh, and those uh, grip detection buttons, does it have any additional buttons like uh, like the Vive had, like the menu button, the start button? Um, are there any other additional buttons on it? Every button that's on the Vive controller right now is on the Knuckles. So there's, yeah. there's the Steam button, there's the menu button, there's the grip button, and there's the trigger. Um, and oh, you can okay. click in the trackpad. Uh, there are no yeah. additional buttons. The only additional inputs are the finger tracking. The gestures tracking, then, essentially, yeah. right? Yeah. But I feel like that in itself is more buttons in a way, because, like, think about this. If you wanted to do, like, a specific... Like, if you're casting a spell or something, right? You could have, like, a specific, uh, like, finger input or something. Like, you exactly. know? And that's, that's what's really exciting. It's like, instead of having to do some combination of buttons or something... Yeah. Loser, and then a fireball just comes out and destroys <laughs> your opponent. Like, that's exciting. But that is, that sounds amazing. To me. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the it big does, advantage yeah. of that's one of the huge advantages of the knuckles is is 
the interface in that way, right? Think about Tilt Brush. Imagine that instead of like having to turn the dial and do oh, all of that kind of shit. stuff, you yeah. literally just use different fingers or different pressures or or different distances or something, right? Like you can control all of that just like with gestures. Like Minority Report was mentioned earlier, right? Like it's all kind of there. Yeah, really There's also a question I have, like uh, when you when you grip, for example, a pistol, how how does that how does that feel? Because it does it just feel like you're clamping your hand or is there some kind of like stop to it like some some feedback that you get or it's it's about it's about like like the um the touch controller is the closest one to it uh because oh, it's yeah. it's it's thinner uh going out uh, kind of like a, a gun handle would and then and then wider um uh, perpendicular to the player um yeah. and so uh it, it has that kind of gun feel to it um so you always, yeah, you feel like you're holding something if you want to hold something, and then if you're not holding something, you don't have to feel like you're holding something. Nice, yeah. nice. So going back to, um, obviously, the gallery, Heart of the Emberstone, mm -hmm. um, I, I, I want to try and avoid some spoilers, because I, I would urge anyone that's kind of watching this or listening to this or in the chat that if you haven't played the first episode, to go and check it out, because obviously, you know, uh, the, the second episode is going to start off exactly where the last episode left off, I guess. Uh, and there's some really, really cool stuff that happens. Uh, again, I will try and avoid to spoil anything. Um, but I would say, yeah, go check out the first one uh, to, to lead up to the second one. Yeah. But the, obviously in the first episode, you take the role of Alex, uh, right? And right. Uh, uh, it was interesting because I was like, it never is explained whether Alex is a boy or a girl, or maybe it is, but I missed it. Is, is, was that intentional? So it's kind of like not gender specific? Exactly, it's intentional. Yeah. Everything about the gallery is about making the experience about you, right? right. It, it's, That's it, strange, though, because I never thought about that. <laughs> I, I always assumed it was just me, like a boy, like or a guy, or a man. <laughs> I'm a man, of course. And we've tried but, to uh, we've, we've yeah. tried to take that further um, with future updates um, on the Oculus version right now. Then there are um, uh, hand types that you can choose from as well as skin tones. And so you can you can have thin or thick hands, and then there are a few skin tones for you to choose from so that you can really be present in the story. Uh, the name is gender neutral, um, and uh, and we've continued that in uh, in episode two as well. Your your player character really cool. is you. That's really cool. Yeah. That, I think that's that's amazing because that's one of the things that I've, I've said already multiple times in this podcast, that I want VR to be like as immersive as possible. I don't yeah. want like, you know, some fast experience. I want something that is, very story driven yeah. that I can really like escape to and like you know like just enjoy the the entire ride. It doesn't even have to be like a fast paced shooter or whatever it is, but something that you can yeah. get so immersed in that it feels like you're actually part of it. Yeah. And that is what VR for me is about. Speaking yeah. of speaking of that, and just to go back to the knuckles one more time, I'm sure you guys hate me at this point, <laughs> but I just want to mention really quick. I was watching the the trailer and I noticed that there was like a rock that came up and you had to stop it with some power, right? So what if with the knuckles, you literally to activate this telekinesis, you just like opened your palms to stop it. That'd be nuts, right? Like that's what excites me. That's why I want to keep talking about it because it's so cool <laughs> to think that like to use like some telekinesis power, you literally just like open up your hands and it stops it right in midair. Like that'd be so cool. Anyways, continue. <laughs> well, you guys maybe have a jump offer for Austin? Like do you like need a plumber <laughs> or anything at your like, I'm office? Actually, I'm actually, I'm broadcasting uh... from outside their office right now. I've been waiting for the job offer. To be <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That's funny. We do have a, actually an RV outside the studio that I think is stealing our Wi-Fi, but I'm not sure. So well, maybe that's you in there. No, but it's, it's, I think it's really cool to like have no like, 
like real character bound to it because then you bring the story really close to someone and that's what Rowdy says like that that really adds up to the immersion in a way you know where you really feel for the character you like kind of uh, team up with and that's really that's really nice yeah mm. I like that yeah, yeah de cool. de definitely and again I, I I'll avoid all spoilers but essentially you're a character that's looking for your sister that's gone missing right so is it Elsie? Elsie is your your, Elsie, yeah. your, your sister, uh, and, and that's what uh, is really pulling me to play episode two. Like, like I say, like I, you know, it wasn't like the rest of you guys where you were kind of really wowed by the, you know the other bits of the game, other you know other than the inventory that I thought was super nice. But it was the really it's the story that has really got me gripped because you know you you want to know what's going on, right? Yeah. And uh, you know it's it's so difficult to to talk about it without uh, spoiling it. Uh, but yeah, it makes me excited about playing the, the second episode. But also from the trailer, you've got some really nice new mechanics uh, in the game where you've kind of got this uh, like gauntlet. So I, 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 something happens to your hand and you end up with the, this uh, mysterious uh, gauntlet. So what kind of um, new mechanics could you bring to the game by adding, adding something like that? So <laughs> we had been working with hands for so long that that inter whole interaction system, we wanted to see if we could twist it on its head, right? And so that gauntlet uh, is is basically a whole new interaction system. Um, That's exciting. And rather than being based on physical inputs, like sometimes you'll see similar powers in other games, but it'll be based on, on a physical input, a button press or moving the, the touchpad or the stick up and down, that kind of thing. Rather than any of that, it's entirely physical. And so it really feels like you are... Uh, you know, a Jedi or a magician or something, and you're really seriously controlling the world in this really unique way. Um, yes, please. <laughs> and then, yeah, that that same that same device feeds into a bunch of other um, gameplay elements as well. Um, it's basically a, I mean, it's a magical power, right? So we can kind of do whatever we want with that. Yeah, yeah. I, I've seen I've seen other games using that uh, using that as well. That like you can do so much with uh, with the merchant if you do something with the hands. Like, uh, for example, the, the thing that came to mind immediately was uh, Static on PlayStation VR, which was yes. actually basically played with a controller, yeah. but they, they put your hands yeah. in the box it and you need to like, and it really feels like your hands are stuck in that box. It's like, really you can't, strange, like, yeah. can't, you can't move around, you can't get it out. Yeah. And you do also, because it's so, it's so immersive that you don't also try to like, oh yeah, wipe my hand, I can just get it out. And I, I think that because you guys work so much with hands that you really get that that feeling of presence in the gallery even more because it's so so well defined in there yeah 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 i remember talking about talking about hands i remember there was a, a, a standout um sort of experience for me playing um wilson's heart where you actually have to cut your own hand off oh shit <laughs> uh, that was weird that was super weird um so in the episode uh, uh, episode two do you kind of uh, get a bit more information that the sort of uh, what is going on a little bit more, or do you sort of have to sort of work that out as the as the the game progresses? Uh, yeah, uh, a bit of both. Um, just because of the nature of VR, it's really difficult for us to force you to take in story, right? So we can we can plant you in a position and make you watch a cutscene as long as you don't yeah. turn around or take off the headphones or do anything else. <laughs> um, but we certainly can't force you to find the cassette tapes or look at notes or see any of the uh, environmental storytelling. Um, and so there's always going to be a story that you miss if you're not like immersed in there. And, and so that's a big challenge for us is trying to make sure that you are immersed in there and, you, and that you 
are excited to look for those things. Um, but the episode two is is kind of wacky because instead of being uh, a traditional linear playthrough, you can visit a whole bunch of different environments uh, in any order. Um, and that makes it really difficult for us to tell the story in the order that we want to tell it. Um, but also really interesting because then you get this kind of non-linear storytelling, you get this non-linear playthrough. Um, and to top it up even once more is that we don't just have the story of, of Elsie, we've kind of got three parallel stories going on. Because there's okay. your story as the player, right? There's your story as the player. Playing out <laughs> this, this is exactly what we need more in VR. Like exactly. people actually yeah. making like... Stories. Yeah, stories. And, and then also stories. like different like uh, worlds, like it's almost like Bioshock, you know? Where like stories you got so many endings and you're like mind blown and you still don't understand what you just played. And that's exactly yeah. it. We've, yeah. we've already addressed that like a couple of times in this uh, in this podcast yeah. saying like, you know, we want more more stories in, in virtual reality, more, you know, things that are maybe maybe even if it's less visually looking or, uh, yeah. you know, less uh, less interesting in that aspect. But if, if there's like a good storyline that grips you and that pulls you back into that uh, VR side, that's so yeah. much better than the tunnel wave shooters that are currently out there. I agree. Yeah. It's the most immersive platform we've ever had. And like w all we have are these cookie cutter like shooter games. And it's like you can literally make somebody feel like they are living whatever is happening around them. You have that opportunity yeah. now. And it seems like so few people are actually grasping at that, that opportunity, you know? Yeah. It's hard. That's the thing. Yeah. It's really, really, really hard. Um, it, because... The, just the scope of something like that, right? Yeah. Like even even episode one, which was intentionally movie length, um, was really difficult to make because you have to tell that kind of story in that order without the players missing it, right? And we yeah. do get times where people miss the environmental stuff and they don't enjoy themselves as much, right? Or they think that they're completely lost in the story. Yes, there's, there's complex stuff going on in the story, um, but a lot of it is there, right? A lot of it is there in the environment, and a lot of it is there in the in the kind of story that you can that you can find. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's really difficult to make sure that a story is is able to be told in the type of uh, play length that players want. It's hard enough to make a five hour two D game, right? It, imagine that when you don't know how to make a game because you don't make a game for VR the same way you make a game for 2D. Right. Design is different, interactions are different, sound is different, narrative is different, everything is different. It, it just doesn't work the same way. That's why you see VR ports that fail because it's like, what? this doesn't really fit VR, I don't understand. Um, and uh, so it's really, 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 really hard to get to that point where you can tell a story like that. So yeah. that's probably- But that's I, probably I, still, I still prefer a, a, short, a shorter, but good experience than a game that has no no background at all mm. that you can play for hours just doing the same thing episode one was intentionally movie length right we wanted it to be about the length that you would be willing to sit down and watch a movie it was a launch title we didn't know how long people wanted to be in vr for right right we didn't know long how people how long people could be in vr for um, mm -hmm. And we wanted it to be the type of experience where you could play for 15, 20 minutes and stop because there's a chapter break, or you could play it yeah. through in one session without getting sick. Um, so. Yeah, Which is smart. I mean, yeah, yeah. very. How, how yeah. many people uh, do you have on the team working on your games? So we're, we're about, uh, I think, 14 people on the production side, um, and then there's a, another handful of people that uh, do other odds and ends as well. So yeah, management and 
the art soundtrack guy and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But it must be been so hard for you guys. Like, if you are one of the first ones creating a VR uh, uh, game, you know, like you have no one to like look at or spy at. Maybe a little bit. Yeah. I'm sure there were more people next to you guys that were also got like uh, approved by Valve to make something. But yeah, you it's need the to other share experiences. Now. Yeah, now it's yeah. like like we are still People talking are about the you. gallery like you guys did set like the standard and it's still like mm. like almost no one is is going over that line like it's very rare to see like something like the gallery for example out there you know so no that's i mean and that's very yeah i don't know that must be so uh hard to motivating do. as well uh yeah as well but like as you said before, you didn't know how long people wanted to play VR and what they really wanted to have in the first place. So it's like just testing it out. So how did you guys do that? Like, did you spoke to, for example, the guys from Job Simulator or uh, how did you do that? Yeah, so everybody in that, almost everybody in that first initial wave of, of, uh, of Steam VR headsets um, went on to create something. Um, uh, and uh, almost everybody. Um, and so all of those guys, we had to talk to each other, right? Um, but we weren't like, we were all going in such var varying ways, right? Like the tilt brush guys were doing this art experience and, and uh, the job sim guys were doing this kind of sandbox comedy game and, and uh, uh, Brookhaven guys and like all of these different developers were going in radically different directions, right? So it wasn't like we were really feeding design up off of each other, but there's certainly a collective unconscious the collective development that goes on in any sort of design sphere right um so like i mean even even in the last few months like form great game uh we, we played that through and it's like oh these guys are doing some similar things that we were working on with emberstone and i played lone echo the other day and and it's the same thing right like there's there's lots of little things that are just starting to emerge now that we're all kind of doing at the same time and figuring out at the same time which is kind of great. That's so. really nice. But it's yeah. nice to see like more games going in that direction, uh, like like for example, Lone Echo and uh, but, yeah, but, the Gallery. But do you yeah. say like uh, implementing like an engaging story is probably one of the most challenging aspects of, of making a VR game right now? The most challenging, um, or is it like the, the the technical side of it? I think I think maybe 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 yes, um, because. In order to deliver that narrative, it takes every other element of the game, sure. right? It takes yeah. level design, it takes sound design, it takes writing, it takes uh, visual design, it takes all of those different elements um, in order to tell a it's story already, versus something that's hard mechanic for, uh, focused. It's already hard for a regular game to, to give a good story through a, through a screen, so I can only imagine how hard it will be for a, for a completely new platform. So obviously, because you guys were paving the way, uh, what was your sort of like main inspiration for for making uh, the gallery? Uh, what why why choose this kind of like story driven narrative over like something like a wave shooter like the Brookhaven for example? What made you go 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 that way? Was there something that that really inspired the team to sort of go in that direction? The eighties. Yeah, of um, course, of course. And eighties movies. Yeah. Denny has always had this um, passion about VR. Um, Similar to the way Palmer was handling it, he was in VR, like, even back in the 90s, right? Like, he spent time in the virtuality, he was creating his own hardware, um, and uh, so that had always been the platform of choice, 
And then from there, it's deciding what kind of content to create. And uh, there's always just been this love and passion for the 80s and, and the kind of wacky stories you can tell in there. And that feeling of, you know, sitting on the floor cross-legged in front of the TV and being inside of this fantasy world, this ridiculous story, this uh, beautiful, atmospheric moment. Uh, and, and we just wanted to capture that movie feeling being inside of a movie right again ep1 movie length uh you're inside this movie ep2 longer but cinematic right very very cinematic there are multiple moments nathan you mentioned you really enjoyed the sound design i think you're gonna love the sound design in ep2 it's it's ridiculous um and uh it it's just the 80s and being inside a movie and that feeling of childlike wonder um right the, the feeling the feeling i got from uh the first time i played the gallery was uh another game that i really really loved back when i was a kid was uh, the longest journey when you have uh, that rift that opens up and you enter that uh, that other world i forgot the name of it but it's also like that that feeling of like getting immersed in like a fantasy world that i got really 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 well from uh, uh the gallery and, and obviously because i played the game more recently uh i kind of um compared it to stranger things it kind of gave me that kind of vibe, you know, like this kind of, you know, you're not quite sure what's going on. You've got all these 80s references there. You've got the cassette tapes. And I was I was thinking, you know, it's great that you've got these cassette tapes. That, that I wonder if there's there's kids that are going to play this game and wonder what the hell a cassette tape is, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, because we're, we're kind of in that era now where a lot of the sort of younger generation sort of they didn't have cassette tapes like we did, you know, so it's like, what, what is this been... strange thing? There have definitely been demos where I've shown the game to a younger person and they, they're standing on their tippy toes to look up on the table at the beginning of the game and I'm like, put the thing in the thing. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, yeah. You know. So um, is, there, is there any sort of like, um, do, you, do you guys implement like Easter eggs in the game? Because it's kind of like a game that you could, you could do a lot of stuff with that, like little hidden stuff that people will really have to go off the beaten path to find. Uh, there's there's already enough kind of stuff that the player can miss because of the nature of the of the game's flow um, that we didn't really want to go that route okay. um, because then that's a lot of effort extra work that people aren't even going to see. Um, it works really well in games like Duck Season where it's it's this kind of interesting path where you're in a room and then another room and then there are things that can happen right. Yeah. Um, whereas ours is this big giant space multiple times. Sure. Um, there is an Easter egg. I don't know if it's gonna get kept uh, in the in the final release, but there is currently one Easter egg. I like the sound of an Easter egg. They're not even sure about. They yeah. better be in there. Yeah. I better find that. that. That's a serious <laughs> Easter egg. Is, yeah. is it is it something that you can share with us? Maybe as like a an exclusive for our viewers and our audience, or is it something that's going to be super secret? Uh, in the first area. Okay, so again, this is if it if it stays in. Okay. Okay. Um. In the first area, there is an alien, okay. uh, a little alien creature, uh, and you need to do something with that. Um, <laughs> okay. I love yeah. it. I love okay. it. I, I, love I know what Rowdy is thinking. <laughs> Rowdy is thinking something dirty. I knew it. You need to knew do it. something with that. You're going to do something with an alien, guys. <laughs> okay. Mm. Yeah, and, that's, and then that's the Easter egg like, happens. <laughs> and then the Easter egg happens. <laughs> I okay. like the sound of that. I like stuff like that because, again, it's great having you guys on, but also, like, for people that watch the show, you know, it's, it's, it's something, like, exclusive to them, right, that they might find, uh, you know, before maybe anyone else. So that's, like, that's, that's really, really cool. That's really, really cool. 
Uh, so is, is there anything else you want to talk about in terms of like uh, the way you sort of uh, ended up sort of designing the game or any sort of other things during the game that you know that you found that was super interesting or challenging or um yeah i mean there's obviously when you delay a game a couple times then it, it implies that there were some challenges and there certainly were vr is challenging enough on its own and instead of making another you know two hour movie uh, uh linear game uh we redid everything in the game we put you to a whole new world where we had to create all new art and a whole new art style um we had to create a whole new interaction well we decided to create a whole new interaction system uh a whole new way to tell the story all like we 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 did everything um and uh and so there was challenges in in in, in basically creating what amounts to a sequel and what amounts to a whole new game um uh, we're talking about some of those at the the full indie talk uh, in Vancouver uh, next week, and I believe there'll be a video of that afterwards. Um, but yeah, some of the biggest ones were were things like the with the like the gauntlet and and figuring out the right tunings for that for it to feel uh, one intuitive uh, and two good. Yeah. Um, mm. <laughs> there in the early stages of it, it was either intuitive and bad or or good and not intuitive. Um, <laughs> but we I think we've managed to find a middle ground now where anytime we kind of show that 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 game to people, then uh, uh, like the full game to people then they, they they are like wow i'm surprised by how easy this is to do uh, we, we even get non-gamers going in there and, and being like okay i i figured this out um uh and and i know i think nathie has played the 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 ep2 gameplay teaser uh we've actually fine-tuned it since then um quite a bit uh it's a lot less sensitive um so like yeah even even in the last seven months we've still been tuning that so that was one of the biggest challenges um, so does, does that mean like uh, once the game's released you'll be working on the next episode straight away or is that something you can't tell us? Uh, well, there's there's a couple things we want to do. I think we're, we're going to put out a roadmap uh, shortly after EP2 launches just to show you guys what's going on. Nice. Um, but uh, but I mean one of the things we want to do is we want to update EP1 and put all these new features in. Mm -hmm. uh, not the new gameplay mechanics but like uh, all the uh, different graphics settings and the um, the the skin tones and and the hand sizes that are in the Oculus version right now, but not the Vive version, um, and a couple other new systems and uh, and then after that we want to do a, a major update to EP2 um, to bump up the graphics some more uh, and and you know uh, do a performance patch similar like we did with EP1 right. um, uh, mm -hmm. two months down the road or whatever um, and then yeah we want to think about ports and we want to think about three uh we want to think about some other stuff that i can't talk about um but uh, so there's a lot of there's a lot of kind of wheels turning at the moment yeah uh but yeah we're definitely gonna stay in the grind yeah like it's it, like it, it you like like the gallery but then as a co-op game that you place with someone together that would be uh something very and with knuckles controllers we're working, <laughs> working hey, on... Hey, Rowdy, Rowdy, I have no space in my backpack anymore do you have like a spot you know something yes like that. Oh, yeah, that, that is cool actually i like that yeah Working on a project like this for the last 18 months, um, it really brings out a whole bunch of new design stuff that doesn't fit in the gallery world or necessarily the, this series world, right? Because the gallery is a bigger, a bigger thing than just this, this, these two worlds or this, these, these three games. Um, it's a much bigger thing, and so we've been thinking about different spin-offs we could do, and we're like, oh, we can take this one so much further, and, and it doesn't fit in this game, but we would love to do, you know, a, an experience around that. So <laughs> it's good to know that there, there's some interest in, in, in types of experiences like that. Um, 
because uh, yeah, right now you know we're just we're doing a very set thing with narrative-driven cinematic uh, uh, puzzle games, and uh, there's lots of other stuff we could do, yeah, right? Sure. With all the stuff we've learned over the last few years. Yeah, so. of course. And uh, and the, the the thing is, uh, you guys were very smart in that you know if you um, if you own the the original uh, episode one, you get a discount on episode two. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. That was a that was a decision that was uh, we were happy to be able to make. Um, it's it's interesting because of course we were bundled with the Vive for seven months, right? So there's a large chunk of those people that are just going to get a discount on the game out the box, and they they didn't even buy the first game. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we were happy to do it because um, we we were really grateful for our existing fans, and uh, I mean we how we couldn't have done it. We wouldn't have got bundled if 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 the launch didn't go as as well as it did. And um, uh, we're just really happy to be able to offer that kind of um, thanks, I guess, yeah. um, uh, for, for owners of episode and one. Also, and... and also, it's a game that, that should be played uh, if you have a virtual reality headset. I think it's one of the must-play games, simple as. It's, it's, it's funny that, um, you know, Job Simulator, The Lab, The Gallery, and some other titles out there are still the best ones. And, yeah, and that says something about too. the quality right now we we are still dealing with you know um so like like the gallery and those, those games have a, like a certain quality and and that's the thing i want to see more you know that's why i'm happy episode two is coming out soon because there is so much stuff coming out i think that oculus home is doing it really well with lone echo and having those really great experiences i think that steam vr is really suffering right now in a way like it's it's kind of weird to have like the gallery and job simulator and some other titles and then surrounding that with like shovelware. So it's kind of hard to, for some consumers to even find uh, the gallery, for example, and play that instead of another uh, Wild West cowboy uh, shooter or zombie sheep uh, vampire uh, turtle shooter. You know? Yeah. Um, is is that confirmed? Maybe zombie sheep well i mean i've, I've seen some i've guy. seen some stuff okay but how is that for you guys like how is, is it easy to target people through all that other uh, stuff out there like does it impact you guys that people maybe sometimes uh, trust vr less because of the the shovelware they experienced uh well you you mentioned that that something some things like the job simulator in the lab and some of those launch titles still remain some of the best games in vr and, well, and in I my opinion before. at least it, it, yeah. well, and i think where that comes from is that those guys were working on those games for years before vr's launch right yeah. valve's approach uh when when steam vr launched was that they removed any of the their usual restrictions be it cost or um uh other other restrictions um from uploading a vr game to steam right they did their check for you know viruses and and all their kind of performance stuff uh but they just wanted to get developers working with it right so knowing that they didn't have to pay a 100 bucks to upload the game then that's a big incentive for a developer to put it on steam right yeah. and valve's approach was to get as many developers wanting to work in vr and then releasing in vr as possible right and that's why there's so many titles on steam some True. good some bad um and it's just specifically because valve wanted to kickstart that entire market yeah um yeah. now as a developer yes that makes it very challenging when overnight there's thousands of games um i think we're up to like 2500 vr only games now uh maybe even more um and uh so yeah it becomes very challenging to to stand out from that uh 
I, I, we're really grateful for the bundle, um, and we're really grateful for the word of mouth. Uh, uh, you know, YouTubers like you guys, including our game and your favorite games lists, or, or you know, giving us shoutouts and that kind of thing. Because right now, VR market is so community focused, right? Yeah. Uh, Consumers are going to channels like yours. They're going to uh, these websites. They're checking reviews before they buy anything, uh, because yeah, they're sort of afraid on some of these markets that, you know, it's not going to be worth their money. Um, fortunately, Steam and Oculus Home now are more or less risk-free because you can play something for under two hours and then refund it. Um, but uh, it's uh, it's an interesting challenge, and and uh, it, it just helps that. VR is so positive and, and communal uh, in order for developers like us to, to get a chance. So. Yeah. But uh, do you think that more developers should work longer on their games instead of just going real quick, like, let's make a game within, like, four or five months and bam, let's go? Or, or do you think there are enough developers taking their time to make, like, a, a good title right now? Um, VR development is all about iteration. So if you think about the... If any of you are familiar with the history of, of the first episode... That game was redone like four different times from the ground up, um, and uh, and and all of that time is basically little chunks of you know three to six months, twelve months, and and it's just little chunks of time that in those times developers are just putting their game up because they're learning something, they're thinking that they've found something cool, and they're uploading it, right? Yeah. Of course, with that first episode, we could do that because the hardware didn't exist for consumers yet, right? Um, we had some demos, like we had our elevator demo, and then the Skyworld demo, and all of these different demos showing different chunks like that. And those are the same kind of different chunks that you're basically seeing on Steam now, because these developers are finding these interesting things and, and uploading them. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, um, because part of it is, I mean, one of my favorite experiences right now is Chroma Lab. Uh, I don't know how long it took him to make, but it's just like this little... Yeah particle shader sandbox basically yeah. uh maybe took you know six months to a year to make maybe less and uh it's one of my favorite vr experiences right now mm -hmm. so i don't think we should we should you know say developers stop uploading your cool shit that you found that you're proud of um because it's it's mm -hmm. there's going to be stuff that comes up out of that uh, right that's true um it, so, but it's it, it is a mix i mean it is a mix you got developers that are very passionate about it you also of course got developers that just want to you know uh join the hype uh, milk vr out a bit uh, and they're like well if they have a great or bad experience yeah we don't really care so it's like a mix and that's the problem a bit you know that's why yeah. i'm afraid that people have like a bad experience and it's kind of poisoning yeah. the whole uh games list where people are like I i'm not sure if i want to buy this anymore because i just bought like five games and they weren't that great anymore so it's yeah. like it's really hard that's what i see at least on, on steam vr to even identify what is good anymore and what's bad because the screenshots are all like rendered in the unreal engine 4 and they got really nice trailers and they're very exciting and in the end when you play it uh, people are like well i don't know what this is but this is not like optimized or it's not ready or it's not even finished you know yeah yeah totally totally it's just it, i it's want for example a... like the gallery is like a very cool game but because of all that other well, kind of crap that comes out there it's kind of hard for people to find like the gallery that's why we for example say like hey this is the best game you can play people are still surprised when they ask me like what is your favorite game it's the lab and it's the one of the first ones that came out so you know what i mean and it's also like i said it also a couple of times it's not always about for me it's much more about originality and story than it is about great visuals 
since I mean one of my favorite titles still is uh, is super hot and there's only like three colors in that uh, in that title and uh, everything is polygonal so it's in terms of visual it's nothing uh, it's nothing special but it's such an original way of uh, of doing doing a game yeah. that I would like to see more more original and more story driven content just on uh, on, yeah. on Steam also yeah. probably and that takes time worth you can't write a, a good and decent story in like uh, three or four months and have the game yeah. developed. Yeah. I, th I think right now if you go into Steam and you check the VR only box and you check the games box and you check the story driven box there are I think less than 10 titles wow. right that, <laughs> that that's how tough it is yeah um yeah. and yeah. you see a lot more story driven titles in Oculus right now because Oculus is pumping money into yeah. that stuff but yeah. I think I think that's a good way I have to credit Oculus for that and I think that you know, I, I'm not saying Valve should do that, but it would be nice to see, uh, you know, big, big hardware developers also pumping money into HC Vive titles. Because yeah. I think that, I, I mean, of course, to make a good story and to make a, because the same with Arctica 1, because it's funny, I, I just re, um, got contacted by the uh, one of the lead writers for the story character of uh, uh, Veronica, I think she's called. But they actually hired someone who is a professional writer for like, you know, a, yeah. a storyline of a single character. Which yeah. is, I think, is, is, is incredible that, they, that they're willing to invest so much time and money in that because that, that requires a lot of effort, but that does bring a lot of good stuff to, uh, to the game. Yeah. No, don't, don't, yeah. Don't, don't get it wrong. Um, the, the Vive is putting, and, and, and Valve as well, they're putting money into VR, right? Not just mm -hmm. the hardware. Vive has done a number of investment rounds with a bunch of different companies, um, mm -hmm. but smaller companies. Right, the where, where Oculus is putting money is right now is in double A and and, all, and sometimes triple A developers, right? Whereas yeah. where where Steam and where or sorry where Valve and uh, and Vive are putting money into is is indie mm -hmm. developers, right? And sometimes that pans out and sometimes it doesn't. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah. it's it's a different it's a different approach because they're they're kind of two different markets, right? Oculus is, is yeah, owned yeah. by Facebook and so That's they're true. really looking That's at true. a big picture. Uh, whereas uh, Vive and and Steam, I believe, are really looking at building the industry, right? I mentioned like Valve's whole thing was getting as much content as they could. Um, yeah. So they're, they're, they're about finding those gems. Um, yeah. You know, Valve, Valve took the Vertigo developer and the, he's working over in their uh, in their headquarters now. Yeah. Same thing with uh, the that was developer. also already a great title even before Valve got uh, involved in that. That was already I, I mean I played that. That was a great title. I had a lot yep. of fun with yeah. that one. Yeah. But I, I same feel thing like I feel like uh, Valve if they like invest into those like developers and they do a really good job at that. They really seem to know which developer. They, but mm -hmm. I feel like I want Valve to publish it. You know, where Oculus, made by Oculus Studios, we all know Lone Echo, Arctica 1, yeah. they're all like from Oculus. So uh, having that more like uh, a mark on there, it's from Valve, makes it a lot easier for people to know like, hey, this is one of those quality titles I need, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, Valve doesn't or... really publish it because it's not really theirs. They want them to do it themselves. But you know what I mean? Like some kind of like quality mark on it from Valve in a way. Um. I don't know where uh, where Valve is at with the with these developers, but in the past, what Valve has done is they have just straight up bought these developers, right? Portal was a student project that was purchased, and then Valve made it right with those guys yeah. on board. Um, same thing with Counter Strike. Same thing with Dota. Like these were these were other people's projects. Valve mm -hmm. was like, these are fucking awesome, and then helped them build their game. Um, yeah. So if that happens with with 
something like uh, uh, Onward and Dante and and Zalubo and Vertigo. Like that would be yeah, awesome yeah. If, if Valve wanted to yeah. to build those games. I think with that's them. what both Nate and me indeed mean. That like Valve steps up the game and like uh, tries to publish those titles that that are worth worthy of of being published indeed. Yeah. Because I I think I think it would be and of course I mean. We said that last time as well. Valve is still working on VR titles. They previously said we have three VR titles in the pipeline. Which ones those are, nobody really knows. Or maybe you know more. But I mean, they, they are working on something. They are working on something. Which I think is, yeah, I think is a good thing. Because yeah. I think VR needs that. That like killer title that everybody wants to play. Even if you don't have a, have a VR headset. Yeah. A title that has a huge marketing campaign behind it. That has like, you know, yeah. That will bring in people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I, we, we, we've, we've gone on super late because I think this is the, the, the crazy <laughs> thing we're going to find having devs on it. That you know, you guys are so interesting to talk to that we're just going to keep on overrunning our time. Yeah, but um, so I, I kind of want to wrap it up a little bit. But I want to throw it out to the viewers and the people that are watching to to see if they've got any questions for Anthony before we wrap this up. Yeah. I see. I see. Paradise Decay already said, "Yeah, Half-Life Three VR, Left 4 Dead Three VR, and Portal Three VR, all confirmed." Yeah. <laughs> it would sell well. I mean, you already got like yeah. a whole thing around it. That, then the, the one billion users in VR might be uh, might not be that far away. <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Now, didn't Half-Life Three? One of the developers already like put out that thing, basically saying that it absolutely isn't happening because he's put out the story with different names it's a trick story yeah. don't believe it's it it's a trick man don't it's coming it. it's still happening no it's not true i'm not yeah. gonna believe that stuff <laughs> uh, by the way i got like the uh, tape right here so i know everything guys it's oh, all in here nice. all the information <laughs> nice. everything you need to know about what you are going to do with that alien is in here this is like this is where it is you, you know? want to know what to do to that alien boys i watched it already twice it's very addicting <laughs> we, we, we got a question from uh, michael clay uh if you could see one change in the pc gaming industry what would it be anthony it's it's for me personally there's a lot of focus right now on this, this this idea of value and where value lies for different people. For some people, it's it's playtime. For some people, it's it's polish. Um, and there's a there's a really compelling dichotomy there because in the PC gaming market, then a title like Gone Home is what twenty bucks, right? Um, and it's a it's similar to the gallery. It's like one and a half, two hours, two and a half hours, that kind of thing. Um, and uh, People are able to get over that um, in a different way, uh, depending on the platform. With 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 PC in general, then because of the platform that Steam is, there are so many discounts and sales and all of that kind of thing. And so it always comes down to this game's got to be worth X dollars. And there's like a, a bracket that every player in the whole world has of where they think each of those games lies. Um, mm. Because VR is such a new industry, I don't think those align the same way. Uh, because of the development costs, because right. of the development length, uh, it just doesn't line up the same way. Right. And it's really challenging to try and fight that. Uh, I don't want sorry, fight's the wrong word because I, I, there's nothing aggressive here. Um, but it, it does it does hurt um, to to 
to hear that people are like flying through the gallery, for instance, right? Because you guys all said that it's not what it's about, mm. right? It's about being yeah. in that world. Mm. It's about taking the time. There's story that, that is there. There's you know a, a couple hours of content in there. Um, but if you just walk through the linear path, then it's shorter. Um, and that's something that only games can allow, right? Gone Home is is five minutes long because you could you can if you know the ending you could just go right there, yeah. right? And there was that that video that got like five million views and was like Gone Home's five seconds long. This game sucks. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> and so we're we're kind of struggling with that same thing. That same kind oh. of where is the right price point? What's the right length? Um, and uh, and I think I think the PC market just needs to be a bit more open about realizing that developers are just like you. They're not trying to rip you off. They're trying to make experiences that they want to make, that they think you want to make, and that they're, they're people here too, right? Like, yes, there are some developers that create shovelware on iOS and Steam or whatever, right? And, and they're just trying to get some bucks. But a lot of these guys are putting in the work, especially in VR. There's very little money in VR right now, right? So the guys that are putting work into VR right now, genuine work into VR, those guys are doing everything they can. They're trying their hearts out, you know. They're super, super passionate about the industry as much, if not more, than you guys because they're risking it all to do it, right? Mm. Um, and that, I'm not just talking about Clouded or, or studios like us. I'm talking about these sole developers that are putting out these passion projects. Um, yeah. And uh, it, it's 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 very difficult to to try and convince someone that that something is valued to them um, when they have a different idea of what value is. Um, but I just wish that sometimes people would be more open in the PCR industry about that. Yeah, true. That yeah. was a long answer. I'm no, sorry. No, it's a very but... good answer. It's a very good answer. I think we'll take one more question and then uh, we'll we'll wrap it up. Yeah, I also saw like Michael Clay say, and I kind of agree with that. Like, uh, you want to create a lasting memory, and that is for me what uh, what VR is all about. You know, you wanna yeah. you wanna have that headset on, be immersed, and create that that memory yeah. that you like. You you can't you can't explain that to anyone because no one no. has experienced it in the same way as you did. Yeah, uh, yeah. that is for me like a great thing about yeah. about virtual reality. Yeah, and I, it can really change your like uh, way of like uh, uh, living your real life as well. I mean, that's why my house is full of Bioshock stuff. It's not because I'm just a fanboy of Bioshock. It's the first game where I really felt like it affected I was a part yeah. of it. Yeah. So that's yeah, why well, I'm like, I, that's why I have these things because they bring me memories I had in the game and I can look at them. I'm like, yeah, this is what I did there. And this is what we spoke about. And, and that's it. You know, that's exactly it. Yeah. For me, it's 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 even worse. I became a neuroscientist because of a game that I played. Because I, I liked the the lead character was a neurobiologist, and I was like, ah, oh, that's freaking interesting what he's doing. And I started studying neuroscience for five years for that. <laughs> wow, it's actually true. It was uh, uh, the game Gray Matter. Yeah, I don't know oh, if, yeah. you, if anyone if you know that. Yeah, literally yeah. changed your life. It changed my life, literally. Yeah. yeah. It became a neuroscientist because of that. So just be aware, devs. You know that your li our lives are in your hands. You, know, <laughs> you can control our futures in a way. <laughs> yeah. So make sure you That's take true. that responsibility very seriously. <laughs> right, guys. So we've been going on for about an hour and fifty minutes now, and I appreciate. Obviously, it's a bit longer than our normal show, but you know, when we've got yeah. people like Anthony on board, you know, maybe these shows will run on a little bit longer because I think there is just so yeah. much we can talk about and. Uh, I just want to say thank you to Anthony for being part of the show because uh, you, you've made it really, really interesting. And it's nice to get your opinion on uh, a lot of topics within the industry. 
Uh, I want to say thank you again to all our viewers as well and, and obviously now our listeners, yeah. now that we're going to be on Google uh, Music Play and obviously on iTunes. So if you're listening yeah. to this and you want to see our beautiful faces, then obviously make sure you come over to the uh, uh, Nathie's uh, YouTube channel so you can watch it live on a Saturday. Like I say, it's uh, live streamed at 4 p.m. in Europe, 3 p.m. in UK, and 10 a.m. in Central yeah. US. So you can catch up with us there. Yeah, Thanks again for true. being a part of this, guys. We really appreciate it. We've been having a ton of fun doing this show, and yes. uh, yeah, we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you next week. And before we go, if you want to pick up the gallery, it's available on Steam. It's available on Oculus Home, and uh, yeah, I would definitely check it out. So uh, definitely, one hundred percent. Well, see you later. Bye bye. Have a nice weekend. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye bye.